bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. Listen up, casuals. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco, we're back for another episode of our awesome show. And this time around, we're going to be talking about the Suicide Squad. We had to kind of just bump this one ahead of some of the other ones we had planned uh, for good reason. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad that uh, we're here to talk about it today. Absolutely. I, I have to say, the moment I saw the new one, I was like, we definitely need to do this. So I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy to be talking to Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad altogether. So what what was your experience, uh, I guess, with the, with the Suicide Squad? Do you have you just recently got into them? Um, tell me a little bit about the co- like the comic side of things. Um, comic side of things, I'd have to say that I've I've heard I've heard them referenced before in in other comic books, in other medium. Um, and I've never I actually didn't officially hear about them. And again, the first movie came out and it piqued my interest. You know, um, I love Joker and Harley Quinn. Obviously, I was very interested in Jared Leto's performance as the Joker. I was excited about that. There was a time when I was excited about that. <laughs> and um, yeah, no doubt. from there, I started to, like, seek out more information about them, I guess. Awesome. What so even though, that, even though that movie stunk, it was still kind of, hey, let me, let me learn a, bit, a little bit more about this in comic form because... We know DC wasn't really running on all cylinders at that point, uh, movie-wise, unfortunately. And that's, you know, that's really, and we'll discuss it because there is the whole concept of the air cut and whatnot. But the WB, those, uh, those execs were always just, you know, they're just overstepping their bounds a little bit too much, uh, having way too much control when these, when these creators, these directors, they should be able to bring their vision to the, to the big screen. I mean, we see what happens when this when this occurs well yeah that's like um was it you that sent me the article where the the superman article where the dude that was writing the movie wrote in there that the planet his home planet was destroyed and the dude's like oh you you can't do that because you know what i mean like obviously you know nothing about the comics you know nothing about the source material at all. Exactly. And I mean, that's the argument. I guess that's the arguable thing here. If you have people who say James Gunn is huge, the Suicide Squad fan, mm-hmm. um, loved Ostrander Run and all that stuff, he had writing and directing freedom. So that right there alone, you know, if WB was like, oh, we're going to be hands off on this, and it and it definitely showed. Um, sure. And I think that that situation, I mean, now that we've seen everything that led up to this, uh, I hope I hope that that we're in a much better place as far as DC films are moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This. But again, I want to jump into it, but we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> we are. But um, listen up, casuals. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the comic book origins of, of the Suicide Squad. Uh, we don't we don't have to get very deep here. We just want to kind of give you guys an idea of uh, what books are out there, 
kind of some key issues if, if, you know, what and whatnot. So let's talk about the very, very first appearance of the Suicide Squad. Now, this original team was not really the iteration that we know of today with like spies and this, this team that goes in and just um, does crazy stuff. It's definitely evolved over the years, especially with Austria and run. But uh, initially it was, uh, it was created in the Brave and the Bold number 25. And that was in 1959 uh, by Robert Kegner and Ross Andrew. And so when the, like the familiar name we'll have here is Rick Flagg Jr., yeah, so there is a constant. Uh, Rick Flag Jr. is a character in that, uh, and whatever they do when they retcon everything in the future, and and you know as they do in DC Comics, anyhow. Um, but the team that we're talking about today has a much you know a, a different origin. So we want to call it kind of the the modern uh, origin of the Suicide Squad, and that was in Legends number three in 1987, uh, and that as I've mentioned was by John Ostrander, and so. I, I'm going to be a little geek. I'm going to show you Legends number is. three. Wow. You can do this, you know, on some shows. I don't have a, a lot of older comics, but some I really have chased down if they were, you know, easier at the time and whatnot. So, so that comic there, that is <laughs> the first appearance of what we know now as the modern Suicide Squad. Yes. So Amanda who, Waller. Okay. That, but that kind of that Amanda Waller. The, they're going on the suicide missions so that that concept was not really part of what that original classic team was this new interpretation is like you said what we know of today gotcha so is there are there any other so besides waller is there anyone else that we would know on the team based on the movies the new movies both of them yes uh so let's i also have suicide squad number one Oh, wow. And so this this came out in 1987, yeah. and this is by John Ostrander, Luke McDonnell, and Carl Kessel. I'm not sure how often the art, you know, the art team changed, but Ostrander wrote this entire run. It's about uh, 66 issues. Yep. Um, so you mentioned who's on the team. Uh, if you've seen the first movie, you know Deadshot, Captain mm-hmm. Boomerang, Enchantress, um, Rick Flag Jr. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty much it. Uh, you have like Bronze Tiger, Leaf Plastique, uh, and a couple other characters. So, and if if you did you ever watch? Um, I know you watched Arrow, and I know you're a big CW fan. We don't have to go into that, but the Arrow. <laughs> do you remember the Suicide Squad episode from the Arrow Task Force? S- uh, what season? I don't know. They introduced them kind of early with that shot. I don't know if it was in the oh, first yeah, two seasons. Yes. I remember Deadshot very specifically in Arrow. Yep. Um, and I remembered I didn't remember Deadshot as a member of the Suicide Squad at that time. I recognized uh Deadshot as a villain um for Arrow due to the Batman Arkham series. There you go. Like I was like, oh, this is Deadshot. Deadshot is in the Batman Arkham series. Like I didn't put together Suicide Squad. Yeah, so Deadshot was a, a batman villain i think his first appearance is in batman at some point um and so he's always kind of been the leader of the villain leader i guess the guy who leads the team uh usually in most versions of even when they rebooted it in 2011 mm-hmm. that's when harley 
Quinn joined the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you have the new 52, they're trying something brand new. So that that stuck, you know, from the little experiment there with Harley Quinn, as we've seen in both movies yeah. and in the comics now, which is great. Um, give it up to Margot Robbie for that. I mean, she brought Harley Quinn to life. Exactly. Um, and we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about her. Yeah. And, and when we talk about the movies, definitely. But one other character was Bronze Tiger, uh, and he was played by Michael J. White on the in the Arrowverse. And Michael J. White's a great actor, um, good martial artist. Yeah. And he they actually put him on that team. So that was a cool little throwback that we, we had one of the original team members in that in that iteration. So uh, one other thing from the Ostrander run, and this is this is for you especially because I know you love this. Um, there is a special first appearance of a character. Uh, her name is Oracle. And so this is the very first time that Barbara Gordon is Oracle in the comic books. And this Crazy. is Suicide Squad number 23. Yeah. Wow. So she th- is that is that Oracle's first appearance, Barbara Gordon as Oracle? Yes. Wow. So this was so then that would be timed after my favorite comic, which is the killing joke. Exactly. So she's she's taking on a new uh persona in the wheelchair and that's 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 the first appearance so it's funny how it how that character just showed up randomly in in the suicide squad um for her first time as oracle so i love that and that's why it's kind of funny to try to track down some older issues when you get these first appearances that aren't like oh number one or whatever so um yeah little fun little fun thing to share with you there uh batgirl fan that's yeah for those of you that don't know that are listening i am a very big batgirl fan um i love the character i love the complexity um i i really love barbara gordon um i think she's a badass um and when she's written correctly um to be honest with you i i i think that her iteration in titans is my favorite i've ever seen on screen period um so yes uh hearing about her first appearance as oracle that's that's pretty it's pretty badass yeah what a what a solid performance and i I forget the actress's name but this this season of titans has been better than the first two seasons combined so agreed it's uh if you heard bad things give another try good times uh but let's let's jump into the more current times of um of the suicide squad because you my friend are are reading it you're much more on top of that than i am um we did we did mention how Harley Quinn had joined the Suicide Squad for the first time circa 2011 for the new 52 but once we got in the rebirth she continued to be on the team um because she was a major selling point for that for that book well um as well so go ahead let me uh, let's let's talk about it a little bit go ahead no so the she's now no longer on the Suicide Squad she okay. is not she's not part of the team at all Okay, so let me let me ask you. So when before future states, and we're gonna get a little deep here, casuals. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but we're gonna establish kind of where the DC universe is now. Yes. Uh, prior to future states, uh, she was on a team when Tom Taylor was writing the correct. Run. They killed off Deadshot at the end yep. of that the series. Ended after yes. like ten issues or whatever it was. Um, future state, you and I did an episode on that. We talked about what happened in that, and I'd like you to touch on that a little bit. So she left after that completely. Yes. So the big thing is after Joker war, um, 
she completely parts ways and due to I don't I don't exactly know how it's it's the explanation is a little choppy but what I can tell you is she's currently vying at, to be part of the bat family her entire current run is her being now part of the bat family and it's hysterical because she's like the redheaded stepchild of of Batman's group. And it's so funny to see the Robins as well as Nightwing just like rolling their eyes and like having to just like I know like it turns into like I know she wants to help. But Jesus, like, you know, a lot of Harley babysitter duty tonight and that whole dichotomy is makes for fantastic reading right now is that that whole thing right now though she's trying to she's fighting dr strange right now or um dr yeah dr fate no, what i'm sorry dr fate no dr uh hugo strange oh hugo strange dr hugo strange yes i was trying to like i was trying to try and uh, i was trying to not say the marvel version of dr strange i was trying to make sure i was specific the dc version of, of dr strange is very very freaking different <laughs> than hugo strange very, very different, different. Um, so anyway <laughs> harley is she's working with the bat family and right now she's on her little side quest by herself versus hugo strange um which again none of this has anything to do with the suicide squad because she's no longer part of the team the current run of Suicide Squad really is in tandem with a short blip of a comic called Crime Syndicate. Crime Syndicate came after in the Infinity Frontier with all the, the, multiverse, the multiverse. So there is an Earth version where the Justice League, in instance, for instance, they all have different names, but they're pretty much all the same like powers. Um, you know, so Superman, it's Ultraman. Um, instead of Wonder Woman, it's Superwoman. Instead of, um, gosh, they all have really weird names. Like instead of Green Lantern, it's like Green Light or something like that. Something along. Powering. Yeah, he's got Yeah, something like that. Um, but anyway, Crime Syndicate and Suicide Squad, they go hand in hand because this run of Suicide Squad is Waller sending the team into the multiverses to collect more soldiers for her. And let me ask you yes, a question yes. real quick because of our future state discussion. Now, what you're talking about right now is what happened in future state now or what's now. Okay. So what we read in future state is what's happening or is what, what's leading up to what could happen with what happened with the whole Superboy thing and that so future state sweet. yeah that future state and that whole thing that's like way after what's happening now okay in suicide okay. squad way after so this is like early on um you know waller sending them to different multiverses to recruit she sends blood sport first blood sport has been in the some of the multiverses before the team almost like a scout and um, he and then Peacemaker and team go go through the multiverse. Now, the big thing, the cliffhanger that's being left, not really the cliffhanger, but something we know is coming. But we're looking forward to it is the fact that Peacemaker is specifically looking for a very 
odd and sometimes obscure DC hero to join the Suicide Squad, not by choice, but under duress. When I tell you, I think you'll be very interested. Do you want to have a guess of what's, what hero in DC they're going after right now? Very somewhat niche. Tell me. Swamp Thing. Oh, I should have known that because I do read the solicitations. Okay. <laughs> but well, that's awesome. Who is who is Swamp Thing right now, Rocco? It's not Alex, uh, Alex, Alex no. Holland, right? Uh, he's, um, I'm sorry, this is bad because I'm actually reading it. Um, don't worry he, about it if you don't know right offhand. He's uh, he's from India. He it's um, it's really cool that they're you know again with diversity, which I completely agree with, and I really like that you know they're making this unique story from a man from India with with a man from India, and it even kind of like brings in like his problems with his family while kind of moving into Swamp Thing. So I think it's Swamp Thing is very well done. It's it's really good it's a really good read but about that swamp thing and suicide squad are about to intersect and they know the dude's name that i that escapes me right now so waller knows everything of course and she sent peacemaker so that's what peacemaker is doing right now is he's going after swamp thing with a small team while the rest of suicide squad is following blood sport and they just did they just um, went head to head with the crime syndicate dudes and um, barely got out with their lives. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, we're talking about a, a super villain team that the Justice League can hardly take on sometimes. So that's, I like that twist. We, we kind of learned that in future states that Waller had been doing that. And I, that's really awesome that they actually picked that up. Uh, right away in in infinite frontier so very very cool um so what do you what do you uh what do you think so we have peacemaker and we have blood sport definitely definitely the two leaders definitely representing from the movie um so do you see other other characters that parallel from from the new movie um i mean really no it's peacemaker and blood sport that are really in the current um I'm trying to think. No, that's really the only two that you would really recognize, if you okay. will. Um, the most recognizable, um, which I think is kind of funny. I think that Suicide Squad does have something missing with Harley out there, you know. But at the same time, if you're reading her current run, um, which I've been really clear about, I don't, I don't like the artwork. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm reading. Got any better, huh? No. <laughs> But I'm reading it because the story is so good. It's really, really good. And I do love the whole Harley's part of the bad family thing. I think that it's I think that it's funny. I love how she like was went to said said to one of the Robins, it was either Damien or Tim. You mean to tell me he really doesn't give you one of his credit cards? Come on. Huh. <laughs> like, you know, something like that. And they're just all annoyed with her. I think it's there's, great. We all know there's a bad credit card. We saw it in Batman and Robin. The movie. We did. Never leave home without it. God, That's that right. movie was bad. But anyway. Anyways, I think this is a good point to jump to commercial. Uh, yes. Then we'll come right back. We'll be talking about 2016's The Snow, no, Just Suicide Squad.
Yeah, I'm going to need to drink more for this. We'll be right back. We got a read here for Ridley's Gaming Realm. This is a great place to buy, sell, trade, or discuss video games. This is a secured Facebook group with 1,500 members and climbing. Now, the big thing is, is that with a lot of these buy, sell, trade video game groups on Facebook, there's a lot of scams, a lot of people that'll take their money and, and, and never send you the product. Well, they are proud to say that they have zero reported scams ever in this group. So be sure to check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. Whether you're looking to grow your collection or get uh, that new game that's been tough to find, make sure that you check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. You go to Facebook.com and search for Ridley's Gaming Realm. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Listen up, casuals. We're back. And we're talking Suicide Squad. So, Rocco, I'm sorry, but we have to talk about David Iyer. The Suicide... Ah! Suicide Squad. Yes, yes. Well, no it's hard to get out of your mouth because it's a bad movie. Um, but before we do that, real quick, um, the next Swamp Thing, uh, while we were on commercial, I checked it out. It's Levi Kame. 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 L-E-V-I. Last name K-A-M-E-I. Um, but he is the next Swamp Thing, and I, he has a very interesting story, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading, of course, all of it. Um, but anyway, yes, David Iyer, uh, he, I guess he made a movie. He, he did. Uh, so Suicide Squad came out in 2016. This was, this was during the Snyder years. This was kind of in that whole transition time of DC and the Warner Brothers, not really knowing how to put out good movies. Mm -hmm. The studio definitely having way more overreach than it should Mm-hmm. uh etc cetera, etc cetera. we know what happened this with suicide squad uh it's unfortunate because i do feel like david air is a good director i like fury mm-hmm. and i liked i liked bright i liked bright on netflix i thought that was a was a decent movie so yeah i saw fury i liked fury a lot mm-hmm. um bright i like 10 minutes in i was like i don't know you know i was the same way i tried to watch it one time and then i stopped and then I watched it again. I think I liked it more. I don't. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I can buy this. And he's and he he tells. I think he's a good director, and that's I guess what we're gonna get to hear it because David Ayer says there's a director's cut. There's a lot of rumors out there. He saying says, that, right? He says. I mean, if the footage is shot, you don't have to pay X amount of dollars like they did for Zack Snyder to reshoot Justice League to put out something that we you know wasn't going to make them any more money uh per se so if it doesn't i mean this is like the joel schumacher cut of of batman uh forever forever forever. so it exists i believe it exists i would like to see it and if if there's nothing to lose and doesn't really cost that much more then why don't they just do it and just get it over with 
I mean, honestly, I think it's I think these like director's cuts, you know, after Zack Snyder and the toxicity that went into that, um, I think you're setting a bad precedent. And I think that that's the issue is like so you can make a shitty movie and then you get another chance. Like, I just I don't like make your movie the first time and studios Obviously, many studios are huge fans of the show. So studios, I know you're listening. Let them make the movie that they want to make. Let them make it. Let them make the movie, especially if they're a fan of the source material. Just shut up. Go sit over there. And that's it. Give us the money and allow it to to happen. Now, with David Iyer, I, I don't know what was happening in the first movie. And that's what it had some bright spots, but the rest, the the story was a mess. Yes, and it didn't give me any personal investment. I didn't care about any of the characters. I didn't care about them. And Will Smith was in that movie, and Margot Robbie was in that movie. That's a talent in itself to create a movie with those two actors that I don't care about. Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you, let me, let me ask you this first 30 minutes of film. I, I really enjoyed, I thought yes. that was fun. It was solid. It was really kind of a great way to set up these characters. It was definitely, I think what David Ayer wanted to do with the movie. And then it falls apart after those first 30 minutes as they kind of go into the enchantress yep. and this whole like zombie apocalypse thing. And mm-hmm. The biggest thing to remember, I think, is that the Enchantress storyline actually happens in Ostrander's run. I think it's it's very early on. Um, and so it's not like they didn't adapt something that was in the, wasn't in the comics. Um, they just didn't do it right. And they, they didn't do very good character development. They, they made characters a certain way that fans... Like fans who like these characters, when you when you turn them off that much, especially forgiving fans, I mean, you did something wrong. Uh, yeah. So I love that you said the first 30 minutes because that's exactly what I was going to say. I loved watching Batman take them down. I loved that. I thought that that was great. You, you didn't. I thought that that was for a movie for Suicide Squad. That was the perfect amount of Batman. It's just in the beginning just to establish some of their captures. I'm okay with that. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good Ben Affleck, good Ben Affleck. Well, I can't even say his name. Um, Batfleck. Bat, yeah, right. And set up what should have been a great movie. The only thing I didn't like, I'm sorry. I Jared Leto's performance of the Joker I don't understand. I don't get it because Jared Leto is a gifted actor. Anything he's been in has been so, so good. And he's so, so good. So when I was like, Jared Leto's Joker, give me some of that. I was like, no, I want to give it back. I want to give it back. There are some aspects of that Joker that I do like, honestly. I think that he he is creepy. He's definitely... He plays that side of the Joker that we, we really haven't seen uh, in the different iterations in the movie. So that there alone, and he touched enough on it that I saw it. 
but the rest of it was like the tattoos the, the, the whole gangster thing yeah the whole gangster thing like the club stuff didn't bother me that much but like you went overboard with the look the joker has a classic look you don't need to like dress him up for the streets in in modern days whatever man i mean that was just a mistake uh, yes I, I, he could have been in the club but with the purple suit and the bright green hair and just been menacing in a, in a funny way and and jared leto could have pulled that off and that's what i don't understand um however in the beginning what i also liked was Margot. first of all can we talk about how margot robbie nails harley quinn like she nails yes. harley quinn nails it the only thing that's missing is the original costume from um the animated series however we do get to see her in it and in a flashback that warmed the cockles of my heart um but what i'm saying is is that her little back and forth with ike Barinholtz of mad tv like when she's in the cage she's yeah. in that cage and he's the guard and it's just there's so much sexual innuendo and like just awful awful thing calling her psychopath like that little deranged relationship they had like that was great and opened up again this film to be like, this could be really good. And then they fucked up the whole Enchantress thing. They fucked everything up there. I'm sorry. You can bleep me twice. No, no, no. We're, we're a mature show. So expletive, expletive. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I really, I really like Marco Robbie's Harley Quinn. I like every uh, iteration so far. I love, I am big, Fan of Birds of Prey, and I might be in the minority, but I like that. That's movie. a great movie. Um, that was a great movie. It's an R-rated, violent movie that does its own thing to a certain extent, and it just—we'll talk about. I want to—I'll bring that up when we talk yeah, about box no, office failure. Absolutely. But, um, Suicide Squad cost. That's the. What did I? I wrote this down here. Um, one hundred forty million to make, and it made. I'm sorry. It made the original made $747 million globally mm -hmm. on, 170, on a $175 million budget. All right. The new movie cost $185 million and it's only made $140 million so far. So when we talk about box office disasters, like the Suicide Squad is being called that right now we'll get into that shortly but let's talk about suicide squad because yeah it made its money back but people hated it 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 it, it basically sent like everybody off the deep end that were already kind of disenfranchised with what dc and wb were doing with that whole movie verse uh and you know left i was surprised that you know that this movie the suicide squad got greenlit honestly but that's because of james gunn well, exactly. I mean, yes. Uh, honestly, the fact that it, the fact of the matter is, is this the Suicide Squad 2016 made money because the Joker was in it, and yes. any movie that the Joker is in is it's become something very special, and I I, I think it was that way already, and it was starting with Jack Nicholson because Caesar Romero played the first arguably the first live action joker it was camp it was full of campiness um it was a you know it was funny at times you know 
but Jack Nicholson really took the character and added a, a severely psychotic spin to it severely psychotic and i think that that lent to how devious and special this character is and to be picked up by heath ledger who everyone said why why are you casting this guy everyone's wrong everyone was very yeah. wrong once you saw his performance right are i you... loved i loved heath ledger back loved in him. the day even before the joker knight's tale 10 things I hate about you. Yeah, I did like 10 things I hate about you. Uh, Knight's Tale. I just, I don't know. I love Knight's Tale. It's so campy. It's, it's great medieval fun. 10 things I hate about you. I think I, we had just read Taming of a Shrew in, in high school and they made that movie. And I was like, man, this is a really great, like rom-com, you know, just, it's a good movie. So sorry, we're deviating. No, 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 it's fine. Heath Ledger. So then, so then you have that, and he won an Oscar, right, for playing the Joker. Okay, postmortem, right? Postmortem. His sister accepted the award for him, and then he he dies, right? So horrifically, and then we wait, we lie and wait, and then he is recast, obviously, in the suicide in. Sorry, not the just Suicide Squad 2016. He's recast as the Joker. So I am not surprised at that price tag on that fact alone. Absolutely. I mean, they were establishing the DCEU, which I hate to really use that term since it's all fan based made up anyhow. But like the whole thing that was connected to all the Snyder movies, this was meant to deliver the Joker for the first time into that world because we know that the Joker had killed Robin, but we had not seen that Joker yet. Uh, so here it was. We saw a Joker who had been dealing with Batman for many years. And you're right. It definitely sold tickets. And apparently there's a lot of unseen footage uh, from Jerry Leto's performance that could be part of this cut. So my fingers are crossed. I mean, honestly, with the way the film is currently, it feels like the Joker is shoehorned in. Yes. Yeah, because when you watch watch the animated, the first one, Assault on Ar- Arkham, which is based around the whole Arkham video game world, they've made an animated movie in it. That movie is gold. It's it's exactly what a Suicide Squad sh- movie should be. Mm-hmm. It had the Joker play a great role in it. Uh, it's just Who, was it Hamill? I I didn't. I, was, I think it was either. I just think it was Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Um, okay, he's still. I good. think it was like. Yeah, they're still they're starting to move. Hamill was starting to move away from the role, I think, at that point. Um, and then Troy Baker was taking over. Well, so I might be wrong, but no, I know Hamill. Uh, I mean, correct me, please, unless he's come back for anything. But his last role should have been um, the Arkham Knight as the Joker because he reprised because he didn't do Arkham Origins. But he nope. voiced Joker in Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then Arkham Knight. And I, I might be wrong, but I feel like Mark Hamill said that Arkham Knight was his swan song for Joker. I, I think you're right, because Troy Baker did um, Origins or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And then he's basically taken on the role, even in animated stuff. Okay. So he's, he's definitely taken on that role uh, for Mark Hamill. Okay. Okay. Right now, I don't know, man. I, I, Joker for me is a tie between Ledger and Hamill, and it always will be. So, yeah, me too. And 
we've we've deviated so far. And I even, you know, what I started to think about when we're talking about jokers, we owe we owe Baba the Joker episode. So we should definitely, oh, yeah. we should definitely maybe make that our first uh, crossover. Because, Bob from Gutsy Media. Yeah, we. Oh we, yeah, yeah. He, he wants to do it. He wants to do a Joker show. So we need now to that we, show. He does, and I think we just spent five minutes talking about the Joker. So we could definitely do a whole show on it. We could. So, we could do so. Do so much more. There's so much more. Yes, let's set that up. Our people will call your people, Bob, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, wow, we really beat up Suicide Squad. Maybe we should get to some more positive stuff. The Suicide Squad is so bad that we just talked about the Joker for like five minutes straight. We didn't even to, talk about the topic. We did it. We did it. Um, okay, so let's let's do this. Yes. Suicide Squad 2016 Rotten Tomatoes 26. Oh god! Audience score of fifty nine. Yeah, let's transition to the Suicide Squad two thousand twenty one. James Gunn ninety one tom- tomato meter. Audience score eighty two now. So clearly, clearly a difference in in like uh, receiving the movie and how people have. Uh, I guess fans, especially fans, I w- I'll have to say have enjoyed this movie. You know, whether why? it's not really a general audience movie, but it's no. definitely fans have. Yes. And that is because it's very obvious that James Gunn read these comics. It's very obvious, not to the story, but to the characters. These characters, the ones I'm familiar with, were so true to life of the characters in the comics. I thought that this was Harley's best performance as was i'm sorry margot robbie's best performance as harley um agreed and then the one thing james gunn knows how to do is music in his films like the use of music for key specific scenes incredible to me and it always sticks out look we did with guardians and music and he just did the same thing with the Suicide Squad. And wow. So this was really James Gunn unleashed. So yes. let's let's just touch on this a little bit because um, some people out there might not know the story of how James Gunn got fired from Marvel. He had done two great movies for him. Um, I love both of those movies with all of my heart. And then all of a sudden these this cancel culture stuff happened and he got fired for some um tweets some inappropriate like from like 20 years ago that's the thing it's so long ago and it's james gunn so i don't this is not a political show but there's only one side for cancel culture let's put it that way and so james gunn got fired by 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 marvel by disney and WB scooped him right up mm-hmm. and said, what do you want to do? And he was offered Superman, I think Justice League. And he said he wants to do the Suicide Squad. That's why that was his request. That's that was his request. Yep. I didn't I honestly didn't know that. And like it makes the Suicide Squad even better because he chose to do that he could have done any of those and honestly i feel like he is so powerful with an ensemble cast in a group film that i don't know how he would do with a batman or a superman i don't really 
think I don't I don't know if it would be the same, but I mean, I would have been interested in his Justice League because it's a group. Yes, but I guess what what we'll get here is get at here is it's rated R. The Suicide yes, Squad very much is so. full James Gunn. And now he couldn't really go full James Gunn with Guardians. He told a great story. He did some James Gunn stuff. But that's the thing about Disney and Marvel. They have this formula now. Mm-hmm. And they do great stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they do some lackluster stuff that sticks to the formula. Um, so for me, as an overall comic book fan... And somebody who wants to see DC do really well, this movie was, it was really important for like, especially to me that this movie did well. Um, And we'll talk about that shortly, but that was the key was just giving James Gunn full creative control. Yes. And I, and I've always said this and it's, it's extremely frustrating is if you look at my comic book, if you look at my pull list, it's, it's four times the size of Marvel. DC, my my DC pull is gigantic and my Marvel pull is very small. I'm very picky when it comes to Marvel. Um, so I've always thought DC has better characters, but what is really, really frustrating is that um, Marvel makes better movies. It's just it's just that's what it is. Their comics aren't as good as DC, but their movies are far better than me think DC has done. Yeah. And Feige, we trust. They've just, they've built something unprecedented in, in all of shared universes. And, and that was what DC tried to do. And that's why they're now just coming out now with glorious movies that are for the fans that are more made, um, I guess, let's not try to, (laughs) Let's not try to copy Marvel. Let's just do good things. Let's make, let's write great movies. Let's make good movies. Let's do these great crossovers like they're doing with HBO Max, putting movies on the small screen. Just build out your universe, but yeah. you don't have to spend 180 million to do a Batgirl movie. No, you know. So you now don't. they're thinking on all cylinders. Let's do some movies on TV. Yes, and, and I think that it's I think it's going to serve them very well if they're if they're doing all these shows like you know and and movies on HBO Max. I'm gonna I'm not gonna piggyback off my brothers. I'm just gonna get my own, <laughs> and we're and I'm gonna do that. But um, Chris, I don't know. You can cut this part out if you want to. Um, but I just have to say, my phone. I've just been texted by five different people. Because the No Way Home trailer is official and it's on right now. And the thing is, is maybe we should pause and you should watch it and I should watch it respectively because, like, this is the most anticipated trailer ever. Go out there right now. Okay. Jesus, that comes out of my birthday. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. That is, I mean, holy dude. shit, Alfred the Molina at the end there. 
Oh yeah, thing. like that. I mean, they've been teasing Green Goblin, so it'll be really interesting to see what they do, how they do it. Oh god, dude, this is this is uh, incredible. Uh, yeah, they're gonna, they the gonna right. show shit. They yeah. show they show the lawyer slapping down the paperwork without his head. Dude, if that's not Matt Murdock, I'm gonna. It, I mean, honestly, at this point, if it was even Ben Affleck, I'd, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> Just yeah, did some it, stupid, crazy. Yeah. Fight. But they won't because that's the real world. So they have to do Charlie Cox, or it's not Matt Murdock, or yeah. or we'll cancel Spider Man. <laughs> Seriously, hashtag gonna, cancel Spider Man. that shit. <laughs> All right, we gotta do this. So let's do a Spider-Man show right after this. Okay. Right now. We'll do it right now. We're done. No. <laughs> just, just skip this. Skip the rest of this. It's exactly. All right. Let's get back into the Suicide Squad. I want to bring up something that I did like. Uh, initially, when Idris Elba was cast, there was a lot of rumors because Will Smith was not able to yeah. reprise his role as, as Deadshot. Uh, it was a uh, it was a calendar issue. It, was, it has nothing to do with him not wanting to do it. So. Yeah. So many rumors about him being cast as Deadshot because they they wanted to put him back into the movie, um, but I felt giving him the role of Bloodsport uh, was was awesome. I thought it was very smart. Um, same character. <laughs> we can make a joke about Peacemaker. Same character, but yeah. um, it's just I it's just respectful and it gives it gives well shot uh, well shot uh, Will Smith Deadshot a chance to come back. Uh, in any future, you know, movies or whatever. A- absolutely. Um, I am glad that I've been reading the current run of Suicide Squad because I w- I never knew Bloodsport or even Peacemaker for that matter. Yeah, me neither. So the current run and already reading that before seeing this movie allowed me to at least have. I mean, so listen up, casuals. The current run of Suicide Squad has zero to do with the movie. So don't run out and go buy the new Suicide Squad issues because it has nothing to do with the movie. However, Blood Sport and Peacemaker are both in the current comic run and they're both exactly the movie. Like they're exactly who you see in the movie. And that and I think that's awesome that comics will coincide. They're not they're not giving you an adaptation in the movie. They're not trying to like cover it or anything like that, but they will throw in these characters to make, you know, entry into that a little bit easier for fans who are like, Oh, Hey, I like this movie. Maybe I'll go check out the comics. And we definitely suggest you do. So always, um, always. Yeah. So that, I thought that was great. That was a lot of respect. Um, Cause you know, Elba, he's, he's a great actor. And I just thought that he brought a lot to that role uh, and and it worked really well. But I know you want to talk about John Cena, and I think we should because we mentioned earlier about um, Warner Brothers and HBO Max and getting DC on across the platforms, multimedia stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even just announced the Black Canary movie with, with Misha Green and and Jernice Mutt, you know, So that's great because they couldn't do another season of um, Lovecraft Country or whatever it is. So yeah. now we have that. So now it's it's awesome because... We're jumping between these mediums and John Cena is getting his own peacemaker show. And if you've watched the movie, you know where that takes place. Yes. Yes. So uh, I have to, I have to go back on one thing you said, Smollett yes. as uh, Smollett. black canary. Um, I 
watched her first appearance as Black Canary in Birds of Prey. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know her from something. It's that face. Her face has never changed since she was just a little girl. And she was in the movie Jack with Robin Williams. And I was like, that gave me such a happy smile because she played such a great little character that was just so mean, but so like, you know, I I don't know how to endearing with Robin Williams in that film. And then to see her grow up and now she's Black Canary, you know, in comics that I read and now she's doing these movies. It's pretty cool stuff. Going back to especially. Yeah, no, no. I I just want to touch on that, too, especially the race change. I think that's I think that's a really big one Um, because she's one of my favorite characters in comics mm-hmm. and that change, it doesn't bother me at first. I was like, Oh, that's all right. Whatever. I was like kind of surprised, but a lot of these, a lot of these castings are happening that way, but why do you need a blonde haired white girl when you can get somebody, you know, who can play the role just as well. Yes. And I think that that change over and the way that they portrayed her in birds of prey was amazing. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to a movie with her. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly didn't even, I don't want to say I didn't notice that whole race change, but man, oh man, did she nail it? She nailed it. So it didn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. She's, she did such a great job. Such a great job. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Peacemaker. She's not. Yes. Peacemaker. So John Cena. Not Suicide Squad. What are we doing? Exactly. So, so John Cena, I mean, I'm sorry if we lose listeners. I think wrestling is dumb. And I know nothing about John Cena and wrestling because I, I do think that wrestling is dumb, but that's me. That's my opinion. However, I have seen John Cena in a handful of movies. Um, one movie was Trainwreck with Bill Hader and um, uh, Amy Schumer. And if you haven't seen that movie, see it for John Cena alone. I laughed so hard in some instances of that movie that I was crying and it was because of him. Um, and I think that he is actually a really great actor, um, casting him for peacemaker. I don't think there's anyone else that could play peacemaker. He nails that character so hard. Um, and the thing is, is when I knew he was cast as peacemaker and I was already reading the comics, the newest run, I was like, yeah, immediately. Yeah. Not only does he look like him, but he could totally pull off that personality that's, you know, funny, but doesn't realize why he's funny. You know, I love peace. I love peace so much. I'll kill every man, woman and child to achieve it. And it's just like lines like that that are just. Fantastic. Peacemaker, what a joke. That's it. I mean, Another yeah. Oh, yeah. That's- oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing because the one thing about this movie, the Suicide Squad to begin with, is the fact that they're all villains for the most part. Right. And so you have to you have to be able to kind of relate to these characters, but also you don't get attached to them because they could die at any moment. And the way they did this movie, I thought was was genius because the first movie had some really forgettable characters as Mm -hmm. the team. And it was just like. You're trying to sell me on these stories. You don't have to do that. You're going to just kill these people off in more fun, creative ways, whatever you sure. got to do. Now, the way they structure this movie, uh, and I won't go too much into spoilers if you haven't seen it, but 
just to start the movie the way they did with um, with that team and giving you a bunch of famous actors and faces that you know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was really genius. And yeah. then to move to the other team for the concentration of the movie. Exactly. It was like a finger to you because yeah. like it's like you're excited about seeing these actors. And Before then the credits. Just, oh, yeah. And then it's just like... <laughs> You know, and I think it's James Gunn just be just like personally, that's his personal middle finger. And I love it and I get it and I clapped. Um, but another listen up casuals, um, another tidbit. Margot Robbie um, is an athlete in real life and she did all her own stuff, most of her own stunts. Um, that scene where she is being tortured. I don't want to get into spoilers, but the entire torture scene, including her getting out, uh, like was all her. What she did with the key in the lock was completely her. They just had her key. They just kept rolling. Well, that's also interesting because when we first meet her in Suicide Squad 2016, that whole thing where she's hanging, she's doing all the, you know, all the gymnastics and stuff from that. I thought that was a really cool way to intro her in that. And they've definitely carried throughout uh, with with that, with her being like that as Harley. Some people are like, how does she know all these martial arts and and be this way? This is out of character. I I I, I call multiverse people. I'm sorry, but if you if you can't enjoy Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, I don't know what to tell you because there's different interpretations. There is, but also, I mean, it's pretty to me, it's pretty cut and dry. I don't know if you watch Harley Quinn, the HBO now animated series. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's explained that she was a, a nearly an Olympic level gymnast. And she also has a doctorate in psychology. She's a doctor, Dr. Harleen Quinzel. So this gives her, you know, and if you if you're a psychology student like I was, um, when you go to psychology 101, the professor says that most people go into psychology in college to figure out what's wrong with them. More than 60%. And that's a, that's a fact. More than 60% of people that enroll in psychology enroll in it to figure out what's wrong with them. So you take these little facts and you think about Harley. She had problems well before <laughs> And and she became a doctor and the Joker was just that powder, that that flame to the powder keg, if you will, that made her who she is. But to watch how Margot Robbie can really capture that. And I think it comes down to two moments in the movie. And I I mean, we have to talk about them. First of all, the love scene um, where what she does to the guy at the end. And when she says, I promised myself if I fell in love again and if there were any red flags, I would do the most healthy thing and I would murder him. <laughs> and you have to think her ex-boyfriend is the Joker. So right. when she says that line, knowing who her ex-boyfriend is, that was, and that sequence, she's just getting banged all over the room, you know, and then she, you know, it, it is such a great, just an incredible scene. And then I, I'll spoil this because it was in the trailer when they're trying to rescue her and she just gets out and they turn around and she's right there. Yeah. And they're like, we were coming here to rescue you. She was so, that was genuine Harley. She was so touched. Oh my God. You came here to rescue me. Like no one's ever done that. Cause the Joker has fudged her over so many times. And she, she genuinely said, well, do you want me to go back in and you guys can go ahead and try. 
like it's funny because that is something she would say that is that was the the quintessence of this character and god i want to see more and more of her okay so besides the main ones that we just talked about who because we don't have time to really talk about every single character who who did really stood out to you besides besides them in the movie that you really thought wow what a really really great arc um polka dot man um i'd have to say was a standout and it's just hard to not love king shark um and the fact that apparently they had to really really explain to stallone like what the deal was like he had no idea what was going on i'm waiting for those like in studio recordings i want to watch him do that yeah hand bird like like when he runs around the aquarium oh man they're dumb like me like or something like that like no new dumb friends and then they all try to kill him um i mean was he was james gunn trying to go for another group i don't know oh they had to have some lovable character that's not human uh part of the team and so my one of my favorite things was rat catcher 2 I thought that um, that character was great. Um, And the fact that they actually called her Ratcatcher 2 because it's such a DC thing. Mm -hmm. There was like always a one, a two, sometimes a three. And I mean, they used the numbers. It was always very stupid and cheesy. But yes, I love that they did it in this movie and that Taika played her father. I don't even remember what the actress's name was in my mind. But I, I thought that was a nice touch as well. And they showed like the flashbacks. And then you'll learn that she's really not a bad person, you know, and she's trying to survive and she got caught stealing jewels, you know, she's not a mass murderer or, you yeah. know, whatever, you know, that the rest of these people are, are, are in jail for. I love but, how tired she is all the time. And like, they're like, cause you have the plague, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I, Chris, the, the way gun was able to add hilarity and wanton violence eviscerating our eyes and ears because the music in every one scene after the other of beautiful gore yes i don't even know how else to describe how perfect the gore was in this movie and i don't like gory movies i don't and this was gore. It was stunning. Straight up gun right there, you know, and and that's the thing is it's not a general audience movie. No. And people talk about it being a box office disappointment, but we know it's not because people loved it. It's also COVID uh, and it's an R-rated movie. So it's really tough to really tell. And you know that James Gunn will get more WB work. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll definitely be a The Suicide Squad too. Uh, so we're in a different time of what we call box office failures, I think. So let's, let's just be happy with what we got and that we got a really solid hit for DC. Um, but that the villain, the main villain, Starro the Conqueror, what a crazy concept. Uh, because if you think about it, you think about who are you going to pick? Who's a challenge for a team? You know, this, and this, this concept of, of DC is it's so old um, and cheesy, you know, a starfish yes. that sends out 
uh, copies of itself and controls people. Yes. And he did it exactly like the comics do it. And yep. um, real quick, listen up casuals. Star Wars first appearance was the brave and the bold number 28 in 1960 created by Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski. That's that's awesome. Uh, I, I have to say, and, and I think my wife, who isn't into these types of movies said it best. If you would have explained to me that the villain was a giant starfish, I would have told you that I wasn't going to watch this movie, but they made it good. They somehow this was captivating and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed because I think she summed it up. The villain was a giant starfish from space. Yeah. And people loved this movie because it's good. It's because it's a good, it's a very, very good movie. And um, what I love is Starro wasn't in Suicide Squad in the current runs. Uh, it was in the first number, uh, Crime Syndicate number one of the, of the run that just ended. Crime Syndicate was a limited series. And it's got, it's done now, um, but Starro had taken control of all of the Justice Leaguers who were actually in this multiverse, in this universe, were awful, awful, awful things. They were evil anyway. So the question was, was Starro actually helping? Um, right. but, but anyway, um, so yeah, Starro wasn't even in the most recent Suicide Squad. I thought it was cool, though, because I just read Crime Syndicate, you know? And then they make you feel really bad at the end of the movie. Like you feel bad for this starfish. So in the end, there's all these misunderstood characters, these, these villains with more heart than anything. Right. And that's always kind of the lesson here. I, it's why I like DC villains a lot because there's sometimes more depth to them. Uh, And when you really, when you really flesh them out, they're, they're definitely either they had to do, something in order to survive or they had to do something because somebody did something to them so it's just i always feel like if you can write good villains the best heroes have the best villains and you have to be able to write them as as a fully fleshed out character and this is why i love these kind of movies so no absolutely and i think that you're right i think dc dc's always had the better characters i'm sorry marvel you have the better movies. I'm not going to argue that. I'm never going to. But, but they have a villain problem with those movies, too. Honestly. it's Yeah, the villains. I mean, I don't know. Like, everyone hated Ultron, but I liked Ultron. I, liked I liked Jam- Ultron. James Spader is Ultron. I love that there's this meme that's like Ultron was on the Internet for 30 seconds and realized all humans needed to die. Like, does that not tell us anything? Uh- <laughs> But no, I, I really, I actually agree with that. Um, and Thanos, Th- I thought Thanos was. Well, exactly. He ex- was meant to be. Extremely well done. 10 years of, of character building for a villain. So uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But like, if you look at the Joker, I mean, even the Riddler, Mr. Freeze, God, I'm waiting for them to do. You're Mr. talking about Freeze. one, one hero's villains too. Yeah, See, exactly. that's the thing is like we have multiple villains that are like so colorful for one hero. Yes. You have these stables. And it's just that's what I love are these stables of villains. And honestly, when you think about what they were trying to do with Marvel and they want to do like Thunderbolts, 
they're going to have a lot to live up to. What do you do? I mean, let's, let's, I love the villains. So I'm hoping that Marvel does something really unique aside from what they've done with the Suicide Squad. So looking forward to that. Yes. Um, your score out of 10 for this movie. Um, actually, I let me, um, I'll give you, well, no, that's going to take too, that's going to be too hard to find. Um, I'm going to give the movie a, a nine out of 10, um, a, a solid, solid nine. Um, I felt that there were some moments with some pacing issues, um, but that's like every movie. I mean, a nine is, is pretty perfect in my eyes. Um, the movie, it checked my boxes. Um, what, what I was expecting from reading Suicide Squad currently, I wasn't expecting the same story because I knew it was Starro. So like I had already been leaked. Starro was the villain. So it was like, okay, like I know it's has nothing to do with them currently reading, but if he nails the characters, I'm going to be happy. And not only did he nail the characters, he knocked them out of the park and Margot Robbie coming out again as Harley and nailing it. It's a nine, a nine, 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 nine. I'm not, not even German. I'm, I'm American ha. speaking American and a nine. Excellent. Yeah. I have to give it a nine as well. I, everything you just said, I agree with. Um, there's parts actually, like I watched it for the fourth time. I fast forward through parts because of pacing mm. and it just, you know, you, you can do that. And so uh, they can't, they did a good job fleshing out the main cast. Uh, and making me care about characters that I really, I really didn't think I was going to care about, and and then reestablishing these other characters who have been carrying over from the movies, like you said. So, um, great job! It really, you know, James Gunn allowed to just, you know, just let everything out of his bag of tricks. And uh, what a what a great time! And this is, like I said, I'm hoping that this is not looked at as a failure, you know, and that, that they continue to allow these things to happen and, and keep reinforcing this world because the more you enrich it, the more that these movies are going to tie into each other. And that's mm-hmm. what people will really want. But at the same time, just make sure you're telling good stories and making good movies. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, um, you know, <laughs> you want a, a, a quick laugh. Um, I'm at a, I'm at a family gathering and, uh, I get a text from Joaquin of the insensitive culture podcast, which is another um, podcast on our um, network here. Don't forget a towel. And he said, can you got time for a quick question? So I didn't even respond to the text. I just picked up my phone. I called him and sometimes he doesn't answer, but I know that he'll look at the phone and he'll call me like, you know, three to five minutes later, we'll say, right. And he did as per usual, I answer the phone. And as soon as I answer the phone is you're on insensitive culture podcast. I had no idea I was going to be on, but like I was on and they were recording and their question was, how important is comic book accuracy to you in a film? And I responded with, I don't care as long as they give me a good story, but the characters, they got to nail. I think that's what's more important is that they're nailing the characters from the comic that they're coming off the page. The story is your interpretation. That's fine. Just give me a good one. Interpret the story however you want to. But if the characters are the characters from the comics, that is what's important. And I'm, I'm just saying it again. Gunn did that with this movie, period. Exactly. 
and that's and that's the lesson for all studios to you know take note of and it's really been wb dragging their heels for the longest time uh but thank the gods because i love this movie so the suicide squad uh it's out there guys uh like i mentioned earlier uh there is assault on arkham there's two animated movies assault on arkham and hell to pay uh, they've made appearances in Justice League Unlimited and Young Justice Animated Series. Uh, they've made appearances in Smallville and in the Arrowverse. And also they actually have their own upcoming video game, uh, which is taking place in the Arkham world, uh, mm-hmm. made by Rocksteady. So you'll, it's a team dynamic game where apparently you get to fight Superman. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, when they announced that Superman was the villain for that, that game i'm all mm-hmm. in i want that game i really do it's funny it's funny that uh the, that gun at first was going to make superman the villain and i read that probably it had something to do with that game or something like that but i i don't think superman would have been the right villain for this movie just too much um and they did the right thing so um but yeah man uh anything you want to plug before we head on out of here um i always want to talk about our show critical mass uh that's me and my uh life partner dan and uh we discuss everything from politics to pop culture we skewer everyone no one is safe not even ourselves (laughs) um it's an awful show full of deranged individuals um but you should check it out called critical mass podcast on the d fat network also while you're listening to this Star Warriors, which is probably, I would say, the most prolific Star Wars um, podcast in existence, um, features myself and Chris here because we know everything about Star Wars and we know it. Um, You need to listen. We are going to do a live show about the Bad Batch, which was just a chef's kiss of a show Mm. um, Mm -hmm. for Star Wars. Um, So make sure that you check that out. Chris, what do you plug in? I'm going to plug Tale Talk, uh, the Geekly News podcast with my friend Casey and I. Uh, we've been doing it for over 200 episodes since 2015. So check it out if you want to hear us talk about our favorite highlights of the Geekly News. Uh, but that's it, Rocco. Everybody out there, check out the rest of the great shows on the Defense Entertainment Network. Something for everybody out there. Lots of, uh, lots of shows, different genres. Uh, but hey, man, this has been a great show. I thought, you know, I don't. We want to squeeze the Suicide Squad in. I know we want to talk about Loki in an upcoming episode. So we got to get that planned. Yes. It's probably going to be the next one. We mentioned maybe the Joker. So we got some big things planned, and uh, we'll be back with more. Listen up, Casuals. Awesome, and remember, everyone, support your local comic shop. <laughs>